We worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And tonight, as we stand on holy ground, we pray that the Holy Spirit will move in a powerful and a mighty way. Let the Spirit reveal what He has for the church and for the believer. We pray this, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated around the church tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to start in Proverbs chapter 3. And we're going to be looking at verse 5 and 6 to start. The first word in verse 5 is trust. And this is a word, before we go any further, we need to make sure we know what this means. What the Spirit wants us to understand about the word trust. It means a complete assurance that when God leads us to do something, when He tells us something is going to happen, that we know 100% beyond any doubt it's going to happen. Let me repeat that. Trust is knowing that God is going to do what He said with 100% certainty. There is no doubt in trust. But we're not talking about a natural assurance either. We're talking about the assurance that comes from the Lord through the Holy Ghost. You see, inside us, the believers, we have an assurance inside of us that lets us stand, that lets us know that what we are believing for, what God has promised, that it will happen with 100% certainty. I'm not talking about faith in the traditional sense. I'm talking about something that even goes beyond the dictionary definition of faith. I'm talking about a Holy Ghost definition of faith. The Holy Ghost definition of faith is when God says it, it's going to happen. End of discussion. Case in point, our salvation. We know from the moment we believed in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection, that if we died at that moment, we would go to heaven. Why? Because we have a new assurance in front of us. An assurance inside of us that leads us to know beyond any doubt that we are going to be with Jesus. You see, when the Holy Ghost enters, what's one of the fruits of the Spirit? Now abides what? Love, joy, peace. Faith is one of them. What's one of the gifts? Faith. Faith is important. When we have this assurance of the Holy Ghost inside of us, we know that we are going to heaven. There is no doubt There is no, I hope so. No, 
There is a no-so. And when we look at the word trust, it's a no-so. We know it's going to happen. So when Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, why can we trust in the Lord with all our heart? Because when we believe in the gospel message, when we believe in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection, the Holy Spirit entered inside of us. And now we have something called the faith of Jesus. A faith inside of us that knows that we're going to heaven. That knows what God has promised. It will come to pass. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. When we lean on our own understanding, we are no longer in 100% assurance that God is going to do what He said He's going to do. It's at that point that we will try to figure things out on our own. And that's when things start to go bad. When God makes a promise, is 100% yea and amen, it's going to happen. And our trust, our 100% assurance is in God that's going to happen. Are we together on this? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy ways. Acknowledge. This means to realize that God is God. And number two, that God is the one who's going to do what he said he's going to do. In all thy ways, in however you live your life, acknowledge him. One, that God is God. Two, that God will do what he says he's going to do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Follow with, follow with me. The book of Hebrews for a moment. Hebrews. Chapter 11. The last part of verse 6. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This applies to what we just saw in the book of Proverbs. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Acknowledge that God is God. What did we hear? Believe that God is. A rewarder of those that diligently seek him. What did we see in Proverbs? In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. That connects with what? Diligently reward. Those who seek will be rewarded. Now let's tie this in with Abraham tonight. Book of Genesis 
chapter 12. What do we see? Verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now, what do we see here? In that first part, we see what? First verse. What Abraham is going to do. Abraham is going to do what? Leave his country, his father's house, his family, and he is going to go where God tells him to go. Now, what do we see beginning in verse 2? And we need to drive this point home. This is what Abraham knows what God is going to do. There is no doubt in Abraham regarding any of this. The Bible is clear. Abraham, when he leaves, he knows beyond 100% certainty that everything that is here is going to happen. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and ye shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now before I go any further, I want us to look at the last part of verse 4. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. So here is Abraham. He is 75 years old. His wife, Sarah, who in the last chapter is already described as barren, meaning physically unable to bear children. Here is 75-year-old Abraham married to 65-year-old Sarah, believing beyond any doubt that she will give birth to his son. Because that's the only way that verse 2 can come about. And I will make of thee a great nation. He is believing beyond any doubt that his 65 Year old wife, who even in her childbearing years could never deliver a baby. Now she's well past childbearing years in the natural. So he believes this old woman, who could never have children to begin with, was going to give birth to a son. Abraham believed this 100%. How do I know? He left Haran and went to Canaan. If Abraham doesn't believe this, he doesn't leave his father's house. He stays in the safety of his father's house and there just waits for his father to die to inherit the business. But Abraham, at age 75, 
He knows beyond any doubt that God is going to perform what he said he is going to perform. No doubt. That's trust. When the situation says, this cannot happen, you trust God anyway, and you obey. Now let me add something before we move on here. Obedience is a big part of faith. It's not about earning what God has. Obedience is a sign that you believe God. It is a sign to all that you trust in the Lord with all your heart. That you know beyond any doubt that what God said is going to happen will happen. So yes, Abraham was calling those things which were not in the natural as though they were going to happen. Why? Because God said they were going to happen. Are we still here? Let's move over a few pages. Chapter 13. In this chapter, Abraham and Lot are sharing the same territory. The Lord has blessed them beyond measure. They now own so much livestock that they cannot survive in the same area. Abraham goes to Lot and says, Lot, here's the deal. You go anywhere you want. If you go east, I'll go west. If you go north, I go south. If you go south, I go north. Whatever way you go, I will go the opposite. Now, why is Abraham giving Lot first choice? Keep in mind that Abraham is the elder. And as the elder, he has the right to first choice. Yet he is giving Lot The first choice. Why? Because Abraham is one who trusts in the Lord. He knows that wherever he goes in the land of Canaan, that God is going to bless him. He can go to the driest part of the country. A place with no water, no grass, just sand. He could go to a place like that and he would know beyond any doubt that God is going to prosper him. This isn't a belief. It's a no. He knows it. Why? Because God gave his word. Abraham is in complete obedience to the word of God. Therefore, Abraham knows that God is going to To bless him. That's why he could say. Lot first choice. Because Abraham knows. Beyond any doubt. What's going to happen. That brings us to verse 14. Chapter 13. And the Lord said unto Abram. After that Lot was separated from him. Lift up now thine eyes. 
and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, eastward, westward. For of the land which you see, to you will I give it and to your seed forever. Verse 16. And I will make your seed as the dust of the earth, so that if any man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, and I will give it unto thee. What do we see here? We see an Abraham who is trusting in the Lord. And the Lord now is further revealing the promises he made to Abraham. Now keep this in mind. Abraham is now a little older than he was in chapter 12. Sarah is a little older than she was in chapter 12. Which means they are now further along as far as not being able to be parents. Yet here is the Lord. Every step you step on in this land is yours. It will belong to you and your descendants forever. So what does Abraham do? He obeys the Lord. He walks all over the land. Why? Get what we're saying here. Because he knows that God is going to keep his word. That in order for him to have that land... He's going to have a son, and then grandchildren, and then great-grandchildren, then 4,000 years of great-grandchildren, and they will possess this land. God told them, and he has complete and total trust in him. Are we together on this? Complete and total trust. Oh, in the natural, it's not possible. His wife still can't have kids. He still has no descendants. But he knows that God is going to do this. He knows. That's trust. To know beyond any doubt. That's why he obeys. Because he knows God is going to do it. Let's keep going. A couple of pages over. In chapter 14, this is the chapter where Lot is kidnapped by the Mesopotamians. Abraham goes, rescues Lot. He goes, gives a tithe of everything to Melchizedek, the priest of the Most High God, the King of Salem. And then he meets the King of Sodom and Gomorrah. And what does the king say? Give me the people. You can keep the money. And what does Abraham say? He said in verse 22, chapter 14, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. Let's hold there for a second. I have lifted my hand. I have made a promise to the Lord my God. And what is this promise? That I will trust in Him 
to do what he told me he's going to do. In front of Abraham is every cent and gold coin that's from Sodom and Gomorrah. Every last cent. And it's his. All he's got to do is snap his fingers and say, Yes, praise the Lord, give me the money. But Abram says what? I have raised my hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. I trust the Lord. Verse 23. That I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet. And that I will not take anything that is thine, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. Why could Abram say this? Because he has a complete trust in the Lord to supply everything that the Lord said he was going to supply. He doesn't need to trust in the world. He doesn't need to trust in what the evil king was going to give him. His trust is totally in the Lord. And because he makes this stand of faith, of trusting in the Lord, you are not my source. The one who gave me promise is my source. That's why the Lord can come in chapter 15. Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Abraham believes God. When God says, I am thy exceeding great reward, he believes for the sake of time. Verse 5. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. In one of the most important verses in Genesis. And Abraham believed in the Lord, and God the Father counted it to him for righteousness. We're talking about a total and complete trust in the Lord. Now what did we see in Proverbs? Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Acknowledge. Abraham acknowledges not just that God, he is God. What did he do at the end of the last chapter? He said what? The Lord, the most high God. I have lifted up my hands to him. Abraham knows who God is. And he knows that God is the one who has given him promises. And he is trusting 100% in the Lord to keep those promises. A complete and total trust in the Lord.
even though, as he said earlier in the chapter, if I died now, Eleazar, my steward, would inherit all. And the Lord said, that Eleazar will not be your heir. The one I will give you will be your heir. Sarah's a little older now. So was Abraham. Yet when the Lord said this, Abraham believed God. 100% assurance in God. That the God who set him is the God who would do this. Let's look at this from our point of view for a moment. We as believers in Jesus, what has God told us? He has told us that if we believe in the Christ, the cross, and the resurrection, that our sins will be forgiven. That the old man inside of us will die and a new man clothed in righteousness will come to life inside of us. We have been told if we believe in the Christ across the resurrection, when we die, we will pass from this life, not go to the lake of fire, but we would pass into eternal life to be with Christ Jesus our Lord through all eternity. What happened when we heard this message? The Holy Spirit assured us that this message is true. So are we believing the word of the minister who preached the word? Or are we believing the spirit that God sent to tell us this is true? When we believe in what the spirit is saying, that this is true. That when we believe in the shed blood of Jesus, we will have our sins forgiven. We will be new men in Christ. We will pass from death unto life. We are trusting in God Himself, who through the Spirit is saying this. We are trusting in the Lord with awe our heart. We are trusting in God to do what He said He's going to do. Are we together on this? This has never been about take the word for the minister for this to be true. It's take the word of God through the Spirit that is revealing this truth to you. So when we see Abraham believed God, you believed God when he, through his spirit, told you that the blood wiped out your sin debt. That when God raised Jesus from the dead, a new man came to life. And that when you pass from this life to the next, you will have eternal life. We are trusting in God because God through the Spirit is the one who told us this. We trust in God. And this trust 
into Christ the cross and the resurrection, which God has revealed to us through the Spirit. This is going to make us righteous. A faith, a trust in the shed blood of Jesus, which God has revealed to us through the Spirit, that this is true. Are we still here? Not of works. We cannot earn this. Romans chapter 4. Paul covers a lot of this territory. He mentions not once but twice in that chapter that Abraham believed God and he counted it for righteousness. And he ties it together with the church. That we are not saved by the works of the law or by anything that we can do. We are saved because of the shed blood of Jesus. And when God the Father, through the Spirit, reveals this to us, there is a new assurance inside of us that says, this is true. Are we still here? Get what we're saying here tonight. Tonight, we're saying that because we have heard the gospel and because God through the Spirit has revealed the finished work of Jesus in His shed blood and His resurrection to us with this Holy Spirit of promise giving us this assurance. We know beyond any doubt that we are saved, that we are forgiven, that we are new creatures in Christ, that we will have eternal life with Christ Jesus our Lord. We know this because God has said it through the Spirit. The minister might have preached the words, but the Spirit of the living God revealed the meaning to you. Your trust is in God 100% that He will do this. This is why, as believers in Jesus, we can stand in faith with full assurance that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Even when people are trying to make us back away from our faith. When they are trying to intimidate or bully. We can stand in our faith. Why? Because we have this full assurance that what we know is true. You see, I don't believe I have eternal life. I know I have eternal life. Why? Because God, through His Word, told me so. The Spirit backs this up. It goes beyond belief and hope. This becomes an assurance that comes from the Holy Ghost. Let's take this a little further tonight.
when we look at the account in Luke chapter 5. Many of us are familiar with the scene where the men, they climb up onto the roof, they move the roof and lowered their friend to Jesus. The doctors of the law who are in the room, they are there watching all of this and their jaws are dropping to the ground. They are seeing something they never would have imagined. Someone lowering their friend right down to Jesus. Now the reason they were there to begin with. They knew if they could get their friend to Jesus, they had 100% assurance in Jesus that he would be healed. That's why they did what they did. Jesus saw their faith. And what was the first thing he said to the man? Before I go any further, I know the next few verses would deal with Jesus talking to the rulers, to the doctors of the law. But the line that Jesus is about to say was not for the doctors of the law or for the scribes and Pharisees in the room. The scribes, the Pharisees, the doctors of the law, they do not believe in Jesus at all. They have no trust in him at all. The only one in the room, as far as we could tell, who has any trust in Jesus is the guy laying on the couch or the bed. What did Jesus tell him? Your sins are forgiven you. Now, what did the man in the bed have that no one else in the room had? He had a complete and total trust in Jesus. That's why he's there. He has a 100 percent assurance that Jesus will raise him out of that bed. Now Jesus, your sins are forgiven him. Who is he saying this to? Someone who has 100% assurance or trust in Jesus. So why can the man believe with 100% certainty that his sins were forgiven because the same one who's going to heal him is the same one who said your sins are forgiven you. A complete and total trust in the one saying your sins are forgiven. Nobody else in the room has this. Assuming that the guys on the roof have put the roof back on, are waiting for their friend in the parking lot now. The only one in this room who believes it is the guy on that bed. He has a complete and total 
trust in Jesus. And because he has a total and complete trust in Jesus, he can also believe not just that he is healed, but this Jesus can forgive his sins. How do we know he accepted this? Well, who in the room was the only one who did not argue the point about his sins being forgiven? The guy on the bed. Then what did Jesus said? Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. And with full assurance in Jesus, a complete trust, he picked up his bed and walked. Now let's tie this together. Because this man believed in Jesus. He knew beyond any doubt when Jesus said his sins are forgiven, his sins were forgiven. He had complete and total trust in Jesus. No one else walks out of that room without assurance because they do not believe in Jesus. The same with healing. This man had a 100% assurance that when Jesus said, Rise, take up your bed and walk, that he would rise, take up his bed and walk. And that's exactly what happened. Because he had a complete and total trust in Jesus. He was healed. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. What did we see in Hebrews? We saw that we must believe that God is, and He is a diligent rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. The man diligently sought Jesus. And by seeking Jesus, he was seeking after God. And what did he receive? Forgiveness and healing. This goes to when Jesus said it, he believes it. Let's wrap this up tonight. We as believers in Jesus, we have 100% assurance in our salvation because we believe in the God, who, the Spirit, who told us this is true. So tonight, we should walk in full assurance. 100% assurance. That these things are true. One hundred percent. Let me add something. We mentioned a man and his healing. We mentioned Abraham, who by the end of his account, him and Sarah will become parents. Miracle healing. Do you want the miracle in your life tonight? Do you want the healing 
in your life tonight with 100% assurance. Listen to the voice of the Spirit, which is telling you the following, that you are healed in the name of Jesus. That the miracle you are expecting, that the Spirit is revealing 100% trust in the one who's telling you this through the Spirit. When God says it, it becomes a settled issue. The Word, we see by His stripes, we are healed by His stripes, He were healed. We believe in this beyond 100% certainty. Which means we know that God has healed us. That God has performed the miracle we need in His life. The same God who gives us a 100% assurance of our salvation. He is giving us tonight a 100% assurance of our healing and our miracles. It's ours. I know it. And the Spirit is revealing to you that you know it. So let's grasp on to this tonight and with 100% certainty, let's know that this is going to happen. Let's stand across the church tonight.